successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on KMBZ 980 AM. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again this week on the radio and on iTunes. Uh, via podcast as well as at grillnationshow.com. I appreciate you uh, coming with us again for today's show. We've done about 160 of these shows now, and I think today is going to be a lot of fun. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. The title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. <clears throat> Guest host and contributors to the Grill Nation Show include the Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe. One Light Luxury Apartments, and uh, as always, uh, we look for more and more people to jump on board of the show. We will have on um, KCADC is going to be joining as a uh, quarterly guest, Tim Cowden and the group over there. Uh, exciting things going on there as well. So they'll be coming on here in the next few months. You can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show on Twitter, also available on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. Thanks again for joining us again today on 980 AM. So for today's show, we're going to have on a friend of mine who um, <clears throat> I've known for a handful of years, I guess, probably at least 10, maybe 15, I don't know. Time flies when you're uh, having fun, right? Um, and we met many years ago when I was a state legislator in Missouri. He is a, uh entrepreneur, business owner, and owner of the Westport Flea Market. Joe Willenberg is with us in studio, also a, a very strong Mizzou alumnus and uh, supporter. Welcome to the show. Well, as the 161st guest of the Grill Nation show, I don't know where to put the, put that on my uh, radar, but that's pretty exciting. Thanks yes, for having me. Yes, it's great to have you. So, uh, Joe, first off, let's start about, I want to start kind of and take you way back here to your background. Uh, tell us about growing up and uh, how that went. You grew up in Kansas City or no? Born and raised in Kansas City. Uh, I uh, grew up in a three-bedroom, one-bath on uh, Gregory and Warnell, Dartmouth Road, and um you know, I, I, we never had a lot, but we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cousins lived across the street. Um, and I, I've always had a, I always had a knack for, uh, working and trying to make some bucks. And so <laughs> my first job was at the, the Baskin Robbins at the 63rd and Brookside, uh, $2 an hour. Okay. Um, and I got hired as uh, a 13 year old, uh, scooper. And, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that, um, you know, at that time, you know, in college you give away beer, but when you're 13, you give away ice cream. So <laughs> my family's, uh, was, pr- was pretty excited and it was pretty neat. It gave me a strong foundation. Uh, I remember getting my first paycheck. It was like 62 bucks and I cashed it at the dime store and I went, uh, and you know, the dime store had like all the pennies or all the candy you could eat for like, you know, 30 cents would right. buy you a ton. So I just felt like a millionaire. I remember I still have the paycheck from uh, my first stub and, um, you know, so do I, which is weird. I actually worked in, uh, 
your industry for a while, restaurant. Yeah. I was a busboy at a place called Rembrandt's up north. Sure. Uh, it was kind of like a fine dining establishment at the time, and you could do weddings there, and you'd pay you $10 an hour. Oh, my God. And you, wear a, you wear a bow tie and a tux, and, and you know, that was the first gig. I thought it taught me a lot about customer service and people, and I think that's probably the same for you at Baskin-Robbins. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it taught me a lot about, like, cleaning up, like, yeah. you know, procedures, handling cash, um, customer service. We we got sent to a – it was hilarious. They sent us actually to that ho- – well, it's not a holiday anymore, right down the street where it's, like, for sale property now, and we had a, a – uh, we had a seminar where we tried to come up with an idea to sell um, – to sell more ice cream. And so I was big in an acronyms then. So I came up with smash. Okay. Sell more and sell high, which means selling double scoops. And Baskin Robbins actually rolled it out nationwide. Really? Yeah. I got a $25 gift certificate to like Brookside toy or something. You know, I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's a national campaign and that's what I get. But it was really cool. 13 years old. Yeah. No, I was 13 and it was a big deal. And, 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 it was just a really cool thing to to work in Brookside and have that neighborhood and and to get money, which was a huge deal. And um, it, when I was uh, when I went to high school, I went to Pembroke Hill mm-hmm. uh, in Kansas City. Well, and, well, we won't hold that against you, Joe. Yeah, because, uh, you know, as, a pi- as a pious guy, we uh, used to have some fun times we, playing we, football against you guys. And the Rush Brothers came along and and kept us from state in basketball. You know, no, many years. Nothing's greater than a Raider. You know, <laughs> actually, I heard we're not playing pious anymore in football. I think they're finally scared of us. Oh wow! No, they joined a different league. So. <laughs> That was fun though. Those those were that was a good rivalry with them. It was, you know, and when I was in school, um, so I was. And you got to love all those Italians up north, right? So we had a lot of fun. Okay, so I was in charge of the pep club, another way to make money. Okay, and we charged everybody ten bucks to join, and basically it was, you know, to have parties. But yeah. so when we played Pius, we had a, we, I had some friends up at Pius, and you know Mario Brothers was big, and I said, you know, we should dress up as Mario Brothers, right? <laughs> For the basketball game, and we did, and like the school went nuts. They yeah. were pissed. Yeah, you know, right. They're like, "You can't do that. That's wrong." And I'm like, "No, they're all Italian. They're friends of mine." Because I knew all these pious guys, and yeah. I, I didn't even think of it as a derogatory thing. Sure, right. And so then the 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 follow up game at Pembroke, they all came in in country club outfits, tennis rackets, <laughs> and I it like was the rivalry. It man. was awesome, yeah. and so it still happens today mm-hmm. when we play. When we play Pius, the kids, the Pius kids come in dressed up real preppy and the, the Pembroke guys, you know, dress up in wife beaters or like <laughs> carrying pizzas. And it's, but, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that where political correctness has gone wrong. I right. mean, people would nowadays would like go nuts. It's good, harmless fun and it's okay to have some fun with a rival. Yeah, it's right. okay to do that kind of stuff. And we did that and I worked all throughout, um, all throughout high school, I, I was a, uh, I was, a, I lied. I was a hoochie. I told them I was old enough to sell beer, and I wasn't a singing waiter at the Waldo Astoria, which is now, <laughs> which is where Kennedy's used to be, yeah. where now Seventy Fifth Street Brewery is. Um, and I did that, and I just, I had an, I had a really, really fun high school mm-hmm. career, and then I went to Mizzou, um, and uh, you know, I joined a fraternity down there, and and went to hotel and business school, and hotel and restaurant school, and. Um, I, I so had, kinda this, had this in your blood for a long time. Yeah. You kinda know knew what you wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, Jason, I don't know. There's certain people that are meant to do certain <clears throat> things. Doctors, lawyers, that kind of stuff. I've always been really good at the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. I just, I can walk into a restaurant. Um, I can kind of see what's going on, um, without seeing what's going on. Right. Um, I have this kind of, I wouldn't say six cents, but it is. And it's all, it's, it's done. It's, done me a great service in my career mm-hmm. um 
when I was at Mizzou, I didn't want to, at Harpo's, you had to work two years to be a doorman to be a bartender. And I didn't want to do that because I kind of like writing my own script. And so I didn't want to be yeah. a doorman. I didn't want to, I wasn't big enough to be a doorman. And so I went to the owner, a guy named uh, Randy Harper, and I said, listen, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I want to be just a bartender. And Friday nights wasn't a big deal at Harpo's. You know, Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, Saturday was the big deals. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will pack this place on a Friday night. And he was like, you know, <laughs> you got to do years. the doorman. Yeah, yeah, we don't need this. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I'll pack the place on a Friday night if you promise to make me a bartender without being a doorman. And so I went around campus and, you know, back in those days, the way you did social media was you had a staple gun and you had leaflets and you put them yeah. up on the poles. Yeah. So I put on all the poles, the sororities, free beer, five o'clock Harpo's. And it just said for Joe's party. And so <laughs> I told the owner, Randy, I said, listen, I got to buy a keg. I'll pay costs for a keg of natural light, which is like $42, right? <laughs> back then I said, and I'll, and I'll get this going. And so anyway, of course, Friday shows up, the place is packed, and he goes, what's going on here? I said, you hired a great bartender. <laughs> there and so, you go. That was it. That that's was the, my, that, that was that's my the entrepreneurial Mizzou, Mizzou story. I love it. Joe Zwillenberg is with us. Westport Flea Market. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM, KMBZ, and also on iTunes. Appreciate you joining us again today. I love when you connect with me on social media. Search for at Jason Grill or at Grill Nation Show. Uh, with today, we're with uh, Joe Zwillenberg, who's with uh, owner of the Westport Flea Market and a Kansas City entrepreneur and business person, uh, telling a story before the break about, uh, about Harpo's in Columbia. I mean, I can't imagine many... Students go to that length, right, to bring people into a business when they're in college. You know, they're all about having fun. A lot of times, you know, going to sporting events, you did all that too, but you actually kind of rewrote the book there on Harpo's and getting people in on Friday nights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to make money. I mean, that was my big thing is I wanted to be at the place where people went. Uh, I love the camaraderie of knowing the other bartenders in the industry. Mm -hmm. So when we'd go to Fieldhouse, like we wouldn't pay. And w it was just kind of a, it was almost a, uh, ultra exclusive inclusive fraternity mm -hmm. of just the bartenders and just knowing people. I love the aspect of making people happy too. I mm -hmm. mean, people would come in on their birthdays and stuff and they knew I would ha hook them up. I used to study different shots to make layered shots. And, you know, I wasn't like into the like spinning bottles in the air, like you know, Tom <laughs> Cruise and cocktail, but I was more into the, just the you social into, aspect. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it didn't hurt. You get to meet some pretty cute girls and <laughs> buying a cute girl a drink is not the worst thing in the world. So, no, right. uh, it was the best of both worlds. I was, and able those to, are back in the glory days of Mizzou. Yeah. So I mean, fraternities. You could drink at fraternities. Yeah. I mean, after, after bars, parties was after our bar closed. So everybody would ask, where's everybody going? And I was kind of like, Oh, we're going here. And yeah. they were amazing. The yeah, bars would close at one and you know, we were, at places i mean i can tell you a story one night it was with anthony peeler at harpo's the night before he scored 43 at kansas <laughs> and it was four in the morning i'm like dude you have a game at 11 o'clock and of course norm would never go in the night before sure because he didn't want to spend money in kansas and 
Anthony was like, well, I'm catching the bus, you know, in four hours. I'm like, dude, please go home and sleep. I want to win this game. Yeah, right. You know, I didn't yeah. want to hang out with Anthony Beeler. I want him to score a bunch. And he's like, well, I scored 43 for you. I'm like, well, we still lost. <laughs> so, And that was the days when Mizzou and Kansas were one and two. Yeah. Very often in basketball. Yeah, my freshman year, actually, we were number two. They were number one. We went into Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, actually, Travis Ford uh, hit a couple free throws to ice the game, and we won. And then they came to Mizzou. And they were, uh, we were number two, and they were number one because we had lost, and uh, we beat them again. And it was a great, it was a, it was a great run. Yeah, football was rough. I mean, my five years there was Bob Stoll, so we had Bob fifteen Stoll, wins right. in five years. Um, but you know what? Adversity builds character, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, I wouldn't definitely. give anything up for what. And I told that to Gary Pinkle when we got hired. I said I had won fifteen games in five years, and he said, "Well, that's not going to happen with me." Wow. And you know. Coach Pinkle is a, is a friend and it's a, he's a mentor and he's a good guy. And, um, actually, Al, this is great. Al Wallace is a buddy of mine, uh, Channel Four. Um, he was there when, uh, Larry Smith got hired. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause Larry Smith got hired after, um, remember that? Yeah. After, uh, Stahl got fired. And so my good friend Tim Hendricks and I, we actually went to the announcement at the press conference and we walked in with Al Wallace and they're like, who are you? You know, we're in the press corps and I'm like, oh, I'm with Al Wallace. And so Al's like, I'm like, just, just act like we're with you. Cause I want to see the press conference. Right. Sure. And Larry Smith, who coached at USC is talking all this great stuff. And so I raise my hand to ask a question and I go, Al Wallace, Fox four sports. How are you going to get more than 15 wins in the five years I was at school? And Al still, I mean, we are been best friends he was just at my birthday party at the peanut i yeah. mean he still talks about that day that's how i met al wallace so yeah it was <laughs> a sure fun career that. i'm sure he loved that it was it was a fun career at mizzou and then yeah well the question is is yeah. so you came back here uh-huh. obviously after you graduated yep and then where'd you go from there so i started out i went to work for Hands restaurant group okay, okay. and uh because i knew i wanted to be in the restaurant business and i i kind of had an idea that like i didn't want to start on my own yet i wanted to go to kind of a paid graduate school and I mentor people now, and I always tell them, um, you know, they want to start an own restaurant and get all excited. And I want to get stuff. into that with you yeah. down the stretch because we both know a lot of restaurant owners, obviously, and seen a lot of restaurants come and go. And yeah. There's a heck of a lot of new restaurants in Kansas City, and, and population is. is not increasing, and business potentially is not increasing as fast as for people traveling here yet. Right. Uh, you know, and, and mixed-use developments and all that, all that's starting to take off. But it's a little very competitive, and we'll get into it's that. You were talking about, you know, people want to open restaurants with when you're mentoring, what do you tell them? Well, and I mean, I told them, I was like, hey, look, I went to work for Hands for two years and I got paid to make mistakes on their money. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned their secrets, right? And mm-hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I had a thousand dollar mistake on a deposit. I, I, I mean, I made some pretty bad mistakes and I also, you know, had some or learned some great things. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you know, to get paid to go to graduate school is a good thing. Maybe it's not the thing you want, but who cares, you know? And so, uh, it's kind of like, well, a lot of pilots join the Air Force. You know, you want to be a pilot. Well, you join the Air Force, you get taught how to fly planes and you get hired by Delta. Right. Right. So, um, it was a great experience for me, uh, going to Hands. I actually, uh, I, I tell people I got fired. Uh, I got fired from Hands, And the reason why is I had a, uh, I'm a pretty strong-willed individual and, uh, we my couldn't general, tell that. Jim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my general manager and I didn't get along. He just didn't like my style. And this was in Kansas City. This right? was in Kansas City. Yeah. I got I actually I got moved down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras week, which was just a rough assignment. Right. <laughs> and then I came back and um, uh, he just didn't like my style. And um, it, it was uh, you know, I, I came back. I went to a Chiefs game. I came to work 
30 minutes late and he fired me for being tardy. And I, I use that as an example of people saying, you know, I was right. I was a great employee, but I was in the wrong situation for me. And I didn't do the right thing by being on time. I was wrong and I got fired. Mm -hmm. And, um, subsequently about three years later, I'm flying to Italy with my wife and I'm at the Casey high and there was a little burrito shop and the guy working behind the counter is the guy that fired me in where at, at this burrito shop at, at he had left Hula hands and he went to work for KCI airport. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 And he was at the airport. He was at the airport working the burrito shop. And I look up and I'm like, Oh, this is awkward. And he goes, can I talk to you for a second? He said, I said, sure. And I said, his name was John Richmond, and I hope he's listening because it was just a really awesome moment. Yeah. He said, you know, I was going through a tough time in my life and you know, you were an upstart. You were fired up. You didn't care. You just worked your butts off and I was intimidated by it and I found a reason to fire you and I did and I want to apologize. Wow. And it, it takes a lot out, to say that. Well, right? it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he didn't spit my food, right? <laughs> but he was, he, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me without mm. me getting fired. I never go and start my own business when I did. The place that I started my own place was open. Like it just shut down. The subway I took over it just shut down a month before it. Mm. It never would have been open. So things happen for a reason. That's what you got to keep telling yourself as you an do. entrepreneur. I've got a buddy somebody. who's 42 years old and basically bankrupt right now and mm. he's freaking out. And I said, dude, you'd be a millionaire in five years. You've got that mm. ethic. You've got that spark. You've got that want. You've got that desire. But you can't let, you can't eat an elephant one bite. Mm -hmm. It takes every single day. I mean, I was in this morning at 630. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go in at 630 every morning now, but I want to, I like, I like my life. (laughs) You know, I have a pretty good life. Yeah. And, but I mean, my employees count on me. I got 104 employees. You know, I got to make sure. And look, they have bad days too. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to go in there and make sure they're fired up Mm -hmm. and. If I'm having a bad day, I got to go in the freezer and punch a, fr- you know, punch a bag of French fries or something. I can't let them know that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's crazy, but it's fun. So you, um, you did all that and then you decided I'm going to start my own company. Yeah. So what, what was the first one? Well, I mean, getting fired makes you yeah. not want to work for anybody again. So I started a little Either place. Either that or you go the opposite direction where you're like, holy crap, I just need a job. Yeah. You but you know, decide to either have that fire and you like you had. I knew I could get a bartending job the next day and make money. Mm-hmm. I wanted to g- build something. And right. um, I backpacked through Europe uh, in 1994 with five of my buddies from high school. And I was in this place in Italy that had these panini sandwiches, which were just amazing. At the time, nobody had panini sandwiches. 1997. No, yeah. nothing. And so I said, and I said it on the trip. I told the guys, I go, you know, if I ever get my own place, I'm going to open a little panini shop. Mm-hmm. And it was at 42nd and Main. It was a little, uh, it was a subway, 4216 Main. And uh, I went to the landlord there. Who was uh, kind of an eccentric guy, and I told him what I wanted to do. He goes, "How old okay. were you at this time?" Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay. Twenty. So pretty young. I yeah. mean, to be walking into a place and saying, "Well, still and pretty was, young to say, hey, there was some debt there? there that the guy had left before." And he goes, "Well, look, there's twelve thousand dollars in debt um, that this guy owes me, and I'll lease it to you." This guy was really weird property owner. He goes, "I'll lease it to you if you pay off his debt." And I was dumb. I was like, "Well, sure, I'll do that." And so I went to my parents, and I didn't have any money. I mean. I, 5,000 bucks. And so they said, well, my dad, you know, tough guy, Marine. The reason why I'm always on time 10 minutes early is because of him. He's like, well, maybe we can help you co-sign on a loan. And so they helped me. They co-signed on a $12,000 loan at Commerce Bank. Mm -hmm. And Jason, I'll be honest, I couldn't sleep. So how am I going to pay back a $12,000 loan? You know, I'm driving a beat up LeBaron. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's $230 a month. Right. 
right? Freaks you out. Freaks me out, dude. I you still, just lost a job. Yeah, you're, how you're, am I going to do this? Yeah. And so, you know what? I opened up on a slim budget, opened up, um, had panini some friends, shop. panini shop, Italian pastas, lasagna, four ninety five pasta special with a drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was right down the street from 20th century. A bunch of my buddies were working there and they all came in and man, just magic struck. Really? And about a week later, um, some real magic struck. Uh, the, the this lady from the start came in and was like, what is this sandwich? Her name was Jill Wendeltsova. And uh, I said, oh, it's a panini. You got to try it. Blah, 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 blah. And um, she goes, well, I might write an article about it. And you know, I'm like, okay, well, that sounds cool. <laughs> I don't know about you're not, marketing. You're not, in, that, you're not in the marketing right. media space back I'm then. I'm like, whatever. And um, so that, you know, the following Wednesday was food section. And I mean, when the star was really, I mean, the star's a great paper, but back then, back then you know, it was yeah. like, 14 sections every day, right? Yeah, right. And the food section was huge. And um, so that day, it was a huge write-up. It was called The Great Panini. Mm-hmm. And that night was my first date with my wife that I had met. And I said, let's go on a date. And she so showed up there with like the Panini article. I literally <laughs> take her out. And we're in Kelly's, of course, because I had no money. So we're in Kelly's in Westport having a beer. I said, did you read the food section today? She goes, No. And she go, and I handed it to her and her eyes just lit up because like my name's mentioned 50 times in the article. She's like, this is you. And I didn't have the heart to tell her. It's like a little small shop, but I played it. But <laughs> I love it, it. The article is great. And the line was out the door ever since. Wow. Yeah. Joe Zwillenberg, Westport Flea Market, entrepreneur and uh, restaurant owner here in Kansas City. We're going to be right back after the break with more. Thanks for joining us. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. It drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM KMBZ and on iTunes via podcast. Our guest today is Joe Zwillenberg from Westport Flea Market, a longtime Kansas City restaurant owner and entrepreneur and a uh, a good uh, Mizzou fan, and uh, the only thing he's a negative about Joe is he went to Pembroke Hill <laughs> as a pious grad. We won't scholarship hold that kid, him. scholarship kid. Now that I'm living in your neighborhood, somewhere close, pretty That's soon right. I don't know. Maybe my kids will end up going there. Probably can't do it. Probably have to send them rockers. I don't That's know. all right. <laughs> uh, one of these days when I have That's kids. Right. Um, Joe's with us again, Joe. So you're talking about kind of the panini shop and and how that evolved and how it you know took off and. When did the Westport flea market become a thing, and how did that all take off? Because well, so that's w- kind of what people, I think, know you for in town. Absolutely, saving the flea market. So back in 2006, it was going to be shut down. It was going to become a Hooters, and like it was, it was a huge story here. Everybody loves the flea market. It's been open since April 1st of 81, and it is where I went to go get burgers. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, this can't happen. And so I called the landlord or the owner of the, of the Westport flea market, a guy named Mel Club, and I said, hey, sell it to me. And at this time, are you still with Panini? Yeah, I got a little tiny deli on Main Street and Joe's Burger Joint at 41st and Main. Okay. And a catering company. Mm-hmm. And I said, sell it to him. And he's like, no, I can't. You know, I've got to deal with Hooters. And I said, no, come on, sell it to me. I really want to buy it. And he lives in California. He goes, well, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. So I call him the next day. Same pitch. Call him the next day. Call him 30 days in a row. Total Charlie Sheen from Wall Street. Did you really? Absolutely. Wouldn't leave him alone. And he goes, I love the tenacity, but I, I have a deal. He goes, I'm actually coming in to Kansas City tomorrow. I'd love to meet you. And I said, let's go. What's your favorite restaurant? He goes, McCormick and Schmick, table 16. I go, I'll meet you there tomorrow, 1130. So I sit down and meet him. Nice guy. We talk a little bit. And I slide over a $25,000 certified check. $25,000 was 
almost all my savings at that point. And he said, what's this? I said, this is my non-refundable deposit on the Westport flea market. Now, I had no idea how much the money was he had to deal with with Hooters. I didn't know anything about it. I said, but you're a great guy, and we will be heroes of the city, and I need this place because I want it to continue. Mm-hmm. He said, you find me a way out of the Hooters deal, you got it. And so it was um, just a magical moment there. It was a magical moment. Mutually beneficial. Moment. He kind of saw it. He saw your drive. It was. You never met this man in person. Never met him. Met him never met him in person. But he he was. He's now a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured out a way to get out of the Hooters deal. Uh, and on March first of uh, two, or actually March sixth, my birthday of two thousand six, um, the Westport flea market became mine. We had a ceremony, the passing of the hamburger. And the one thing I will never forget is Larry Moore was a big friend of the JoJo's Italian Eatery. He used to come in all the time. And I called him on uh, Sunday and I said, Larry, the Westport Flea Market's going to be saved. He said, oh, my God. You know, this was like huge news. Mm-hmm. I called him. I'm sorry. I called him on Saturday. He goes, well, I've got to call my friend at the SAR. And I'm like, Larry, I can't, this can't break till Monday because yeah. the Hooters deal, it, it's just, he goes, it'll be fine if it breaks on Sunday. Trust me. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> he's I, like, no, we got to embargo this. You right. can't tell anyone. I have no idea what's going on. And the one lead in KNBC gets before the Oscars is they get one lead in for the whole show. And it's their biggest lead in of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody watches the Oscars. And I, Julie and I are watching it. And he says, tonight, after the Oscars, the Westport flea market is saved. <laughs> and I looked at Julie, my wife, and I go, oh, my God. And the next day there was an editorial in the Kansas City Star about it. Yeah. And I was like, we have struck lightning. And we had a huge ceremony and I got to buy the building. It was part of the deal. And, um, and you I, put all your savings into this at the time. Put all my savings. Uh, I, I signed over my it, children. I signed over everything okay. to get this thing done. Um, and it was a fair price. It wasn't a deal, but it was a fair price, which I didn't have a problem with. Um, cause I thought, this guy's giving me a heck of an opportunity mm-hmm. and it would enable me to do enabled me to open my catering kitchen inside the Westport flea market. It's a big, big building. Um, it, it just brought, it just brought a whole new level of, of income to be quite honest. Um, you know, I have a loan on the building, but now I wasn't writing a check to a landlord. I was writing a check to myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. that was huge. Um, and my catering operation really exploded. I was able to take on some schools <laughs> Um, that I do now, I, I cater a lot of charter schools out of, I still have JoJo's catering. Sure. And I cater 10 charter schools in the Kansas City area, Academy Lafayette, Lee A. Tolbert, Crossroads Academy, a bunch of great, great schools. And, um, it's just really. How did you get involved with that? That's interesting I, to me. You know, I, I've catered for a lot of pharmaceutical reps mm-hmm. and one of my reps, um, uh, had a son that goes to Hope Leadership Academy and she said, the food's terrible. Would you ever consider it? <clears throat> and I, Went there and I was catering a place called Job Corps at that time. And I said, sure, I can do this, you know. And they're like, well, we only have $3 a person to spend. You know, that's not my, my <laughs> price range, but, you know, you're feeding kids. So right. you <clears throat> smaller portions. And I can still make profit because I've got all the people kind of working already. Right. And it was just a way of figuring it out. And now, uh, Jason, I'm up to, like I said, 10 schools. We cater 3,000 kids a day for lunch, 2,000 for breakfast. Um it's an awesome feeling. And to be quite honest, a lot of these schools, uh, a lot of these kids, it's probably the only meal they're getting. Okay. Wow. And so we give them McGonagall's products. They're getting real good food, mm-hmm. homemade stuff, not fried. Um, and these schools, um, the partnership we have is pretty incredible. Look, I'm not, 
you know, Mother Teresa. I do make some profit, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it, it enables me to keep my employees that have been with me 15, 20 years working. Uh, the flea market runs really well. As long as I don't stop selling burgers or beer, I'll be fine there, mm-hmm. right? And it's enabled me to really uh, explore a whole new avenue of um, of customer service to, uh, quite honestly, a, a segment of the population that I'm not against fast food, but you shouldn't be eating that every day. Okay? Right, and a lot right. of these inner city kids, that's what their life is, mm-hmm. fast food. And we're able to give them actually like fruit and vegetables and um, don't get me wrong. They get flea market burgers, you know, and they yeah, get, right. they get lasagna and all this great stuff, but it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome feeling. I did the FBI Academy last year and you, you, uh, cater that a yeah, few absolutely. times. Absolutely. I love it. I got yeah, excited. I, yeah. I got excited for those days where we'd have the uh, chicken parm and yep. the uh, lasagna out there. FBI is a and good customer. Burgers. Yeah. They're, they're great. <laughs> they use me. They use me. And we have a lot of corporate clients that use us, but, um, you know, I'm one of those guys. I don't say no. Um, I'm an old school guy. Um, you know, my business is changing. Uh, the whole world is changing. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, I've been able to uh, open a small real estate company that owns the buildings I work in. Um, and it's enabled me to be, you know, if we have a bad day, you know, back at JoJo's at 42nd of Maine, when the air conditioning went out, I didn't fix it for a year because mm-hmm. I didn't have 4000 bucks. Right. You know, now the air conditioning goes out. I call my guy. Yeah, get it fixed. I put in a new cooler the other day. It was twenty grand. Yeah, it hurts a little bit, but mm-hmm. life is a little bit easier because of guys like Mel Club at the Westport Flea Market, because guys like John Richmond hired me at at Hands, even though he fired me. I mean, the experiences that I have over twenty years of being in this business get me through every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm fired up for every day. That's the difference. You know, people wanna People want to franchise the Westport flea market. I won't do it because they think they're going to make that kind of money day one. You got to go into work every day. You got to, you got to make sure the meat is the best meat. You got to taste your burger every day. You got to make sure your cook who's been there 25 years is having a good day because some days he's not, mm-hmm. you know, and you got to be that leader. And I love doing what I do. Joe Willenberg, Westport flea market is with us. So you do all of this out of the, uh, the building. There. Yeah. It's so 11,000 schools. I can't even imagine the amount of food you have to produce for 14, 14 catering every, vans every day, every day, uh, 14 catering vans. We just got a new client, a sleep study place that so we cater breakfast, lunch, and dinner to every day of the week. 365 so how do you, days a year. Tell me about how that works with employees because, well, you, you know, you got, you got your restaurant operations yeah. going on too. Yeah. Those have to start in the morning, yeah. obviously before you open. Yep. And, and then how do you, I mean, well, is this just, we got a so crew that comes in, in at four thirty in the morning Okay, and, um, you know, they get things started. Um, we, every, when do you close every day? Well, we close at midnight. Okay. Um, but every day, every catering, every group that we go to, every school has a captain. So I put somebody in charge that they literally own that school. Mm-hmm. And the only way they can get fired is if they like are mean to a kid or they don't do their job, mm-hmm. but they get paid a bonus based on that school and they're responsible for making sure they have everything. And then I have a catering manager and I have. Uh, a guy named Brittany Henderson who kind of oversees all the operations and then myself. I heard she's pretty great. She's pretty good, except she's pretty strict. She keeps me in line, <laughs> which is good, which is why I hired her because, uh, Jason, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I tell people this about a year ago. Um, things, things go, are going pretty well for me. Um, I'm taking a lot of vacation and I felt like in my own sense, I was slipping a little bit. And I'm not talking about big mistakes, but just mistakes that, I was probably making because I wasn't spending as much time focused on my business. And that happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you hit that some point. people call it burnout. Some people call it other things. And Brittany was actually a customer of mine. She was a pharmaceutical rep, and she was kind of tired of doing her deal. And I said, well, listen, I need somebody to be kind of a life coach, but kind of a 
person who's going to keep me straight and narrow, keep me focused, and and not let me get away with the stuff I'm doing. You know, maybe I shouldn't be playing tennis at two thirty on a Thursday, right? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't. You no, know, you get that point where you're like, I've worked pretty hard, right? I've got a family, right? I want to do some fun stuff, right? But again, I can't say no to opportunities, right? And so, how do I continue to grow and? Well, how do you continue to, I mean, because everybody says, well, you know, you got to have great employees, but if you're not the leader, employees are going to make mistakes and they'll never own it like you do. Now you might find that one or two great employees that will, and I do have those kind of people, but I have three operations going right now. We cater, you know, a week, we cater 15,000 people, plus the flea markets are running the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you've got your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And mm-hmm. so I hired her. Uh, it wasn't much fun the first few months. She, she wasn't sure about the restaurant business being in corporate so long, but, um, and, and it brought me a great insight and it's enabled me to be quite honest to be a better operator. Mm-hmm. Joe Zuliberg is with us, Westport Flea Market. The website is westportfleamarket.com. Joe, I know most of our listeners will know where it is, but just kind of show us again where yeah. it is. So if you've ever been to Westport, uh, it's 817 Westport Road. It's about four blocks. West of Kelly's, we got a big hamburger car that's actually mobile that sits out in front. It's worth a picture or two. Uh, it's a I throwback. I saw some people taking it the other day, and uh, we got to go to break here soon. But you bought that thing in New York City, didn't you? Yeah, I met an artist and uh, in New York City, and that's <laughs> a great, great story. He we'll was, go into that. Next, yeah, I'll next, tell you next that next one break, after the break. But you, uh, you did. <laughs> not every day you find a hamburger car, right? No, nope. you can. Uh, no, nope, but you know line. what, Jason? If you don't ask, you'll never find out, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Joe Zwillberg is with us again, Westport Flea Market. Uh, check it out, guys. Best burger in Kansas City. You're listening to the Grill Nation Show. Be back after the break. To the last segment of today's Grill Nation show with Jason Grill, uh, 980 AM KMBZ and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. I'll post a photo of me and my guest today, Joe Zwillenberg from Westport Flea Market there. And always you can follow us on social media, uh, at Jason Grill or at Grill Nation Show. Joe, um, before we get into some other things going on, just give us a quick, uh, story about the, uh, the hamburger mobile. So, uh, I've always had this deal that like, if you don't ask, like, if you don't ask the cute girl out for a date, you're never going to go on a date with her, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm not opposed to going up to a stranger and just saying, what's going on here? What's this? And this guy drove by me in New York City in a uh, vegetable car that he had made for a produce company. And I literally flagged him down. I was jogging. I flagged him down. I said, what is this? And he said, I made it, you know? And I said, well, I own the best hamburger joint in Kansas City. And he said, oh, I've always wanted to make a hamburger car. <laughs> And I said, and I, you know, I carry a few bucks around when I'm in New York. You never know when you're going to see something. And so I said, I'll tell you what, how much does this hamburger cost? He's like, oh, I don't know, fourteen, fifteen thousand bucks. And I said, well, fourteen thousand sounds better. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going to give you three hundred dollars right now as my down payment, but you got to make me the most incredible thing. And he said, let me get this straight. You're going to give me three hundred dollars for a hamburger car in the middle of Times Square? I said, absolutely. <laughs> And he goes, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, he calls me about an hour later. Of course, I got back to my hotel room. I'm showering. I tell my wife. And she goes, let me get this straight. You just gave $300 to a guy for a hamburger car? You idiot. You're never going to see that again. 
And this guy calls me. He goes, dude, you reaffirmed my belief that human beings are trusting awesome people. He's a total, you know, artist. Yeah. Guy. Right. Yeah. And he goes, I'm going to build you the most incredible thing you've ever seen. And I swear on my children, 30 days to that day, uh, that car pulled up in my driveway and the guy that had driven it across, I had to pay for the shipping. The guy that had driven it across the country, um, said, he said, sir, I've been driving cars for 55 years across this great nation of ours, and I have never had this much fun. Everybody was taking pictures. Everybody was stopping me. He goes, this is the coolest thing ever. What the heck do you do? I said, well, I own a hamburger place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that me stopping that guy, Jason, mm-hmm. okay, got that car delivered to me. Mm-hmm. It's been on the Food Network. It's been all over media. It's been everywhere. It's on Instagram and all that. I mean, it's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars in free advertising. If I don't stop that guy, that never happens. Mm-hmm. So it's you just, just stories just, like and that. And you drive it around town? Oh, yeah. If I'm ever having a bad day, I'll literally get in the burger car and I'll drive around the plaza and throw out tokens for like a <laughs> buy one, get one. And people just smile. And then when yeah. we take it to the schools, oh, my God, it is like. They love the it. coolest thing ever. We give it away on school auctions a lot. Like a, you get to ride with us. We'll pick you up from school, take you to the flea market. and um, Kids love that. It's awesome. It's just a really, it's a fun deal. And, you know, it's fun being your own boss. You can make those quick decisions. You don't have to run it up the flagpole. And it, it usually seems to work out. So you figured out early on that you needed to have a good team around you, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. That's always a tough part for an entrepreneur. Yeah. I've had that problem as a business owner as you you know, you have you start to grow your company and you have money you're putting in the bank, yeah. but then you have to decide, well, I'm going to cut this in half or whatever and make no money to hire people around me to help grow the business. That's always a tough decision to make. It is. I mean, you know, there's I've always done really well um, getting that beginner level employee. I mean, most of my long termers started with me at six bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Now they're not making six bucks an hour now. They have families and they're making a lot more money. Um but throwing money at an employee or at a problem doesn't fix it. You got to find that right person. I always tell my employees money does. I've never had an employee leave me for money. I've had employees leave me for better opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to become their own owner or that kind of stuff. But what, what's your reaction to that? Are you- I'm always ecstatic for an employee, you know, for them to leave. Cause I know I'm going to outwork anybody. So I'm not worried about somebody like stealing ideas or stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want employees to do well. Um, what, what is in an industry that there's a lot of turnover? There is, but you know, my average tenure is 12 years. Mm. Most of my people have been with me 12 years or more. Wow. And I treat people with respect. Um, I don't pay the most. I don't pay the least, but I treat people with respect. I, tr- I let them, um, they know my expectations when they don't do something the way it's supposed to be done. Then there's a problem. I always say, I don't care how you want to do it. If you want to change it, you come talk to me and, and we'll try it. That's great. But if you're going to just go do something on your own and decide, hey, we're going to not feed 20 kids today because I don't want to, that's, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, we have certain deals and. And you're very hands on too. You mentioned you're there at 630 today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I work. I like to work. Um, you know, I, I like to work and I like, I like to see, you know, every day when you feed, you know, 3,000 people for lunch, 2,000 people for breakfast at these schools, every day you walk in, it's a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always say it's like driving a Cadillac with a semi-trailer full of food. You've got to, you've got to work and it's hard work, but it's a cool feeling when you, at, at one o'clock when they come back from schools and everybody says everything went great. You know, it's a good feeling. That is really cool. Yeah. You get to touch a lot of different types of people each and every day. You have your loyal customers and you obviously the school thing is really cool that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Joe, um, Zwillenberg is with us. Um, 
what what do you what's down the road from you? You've always been kind of creative. You talked about Baskin Robbins as a, as a high school kid and trying to figure out new innovative things to do. The restaurant industry, as you mentioned, is is very saturated in Kansas City. There's a lot of people yep. that are opening up places all over Kansas City. You know, uh, it's very competitive. Uh, population's growing, but it's not growing at the the rate where you can pack a new restaurant and keep it going all That's the right. time. And, and it's so, going to be changing. I mean, yeah. you know, like you said, Uber Eats and. All these other things, and I mean, I'm going out to L.A. I, I I get hired as a consultant for sometimes for companies. I'm going out to L.A. to look at this guy who's going to be building this huge catering kitchen that's going to be delivered by Uber Eats. and mm-hmm. That's kind of the new thing, the food it, halls. It is, and, all the- and I always say, you know, those food halls are great. That's good ideas, but experience and uh, going to a restaurant, having a beer, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things are never going to go away. That's what Amazon can't take. Um, I, uh, I realized a long time ago, my first landlord, who was not a, a, a good guy, um, that owning the property was a big deal. So it is back in 2000, I started buying property. Um, my wife and I, Julie, uh, we own, um, property in from Westport to Waldo and, uh, we called Zwillo properties. We've got some stuff in Brookside. We've got some stuff in Westport and Waldo. And, um, I have a lot. When I, did you start doing the real estate stuff? 2000. Okay. And um, it's been great because especially my tenants, like Waldo Pizza is one of my tenants, um, uh, Jalapenos. I mean, those guys love me as a landlord because I'm in the business. They, yeah. un- I understand things. I have rents that are fair. You know, I don't try to, you know, for me, the real estate is a way for my future, for my retirement, for my kids if they want to do something. Um and it enables me to have a relationship outside of the flea market to where the flea market never has a bad day. JoJo's catering does really well. But if they did, I've got another avenue where I have, you know, I can relax and I can go to sleep and not worry about that $12,000 loan, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and so, you just got to worry about your tenants. Right. Yeah. You got to worry about tenants. But I think I treat my tenants a little bit different than most people. I understand that I have a great tenant right now that's having some issues. And I said, you know, look. I'm not opposed to a rent reduction. They're like, why? You're telling us this. I go, I'm fine with that as long as you understand you have to meet, meet certain criteria. Like, I want to make sure you're doing this, this, and this. And, um, you know, they're, they're indebted to me. I mean, they, 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 they just, they cannot believe my generosity, but my generosity is if I have to find a new tenant, now it's in Brookside. Mm-hmm. I would find a new tenant tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Brookside's great. But if I had to have some downtime of three or four months, you know, that would take a couple of years to make back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's to my benefit and I like their food to help them along. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, 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 people like that appreciate that. Joe Zwillenberg has been with us today, owner of the Westport flea market and obviously many other things, catering, uh, real estate, whatnot here in Kansas City, all within that, uh, Westport to Waldo corridor. That's you right. said, I like That's that. Right. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show today and, uh, Love to have you on again to talk more about kind of the, the inside baseball of restaurants and, and business. And whatnot Anytime. Down you want to have a panel with some of these other restaurant uh, guys. I would love to. That'd be fun. Bring up uh, some of the Blue Stem guys and Colby, and we'll, throw, we'll have an arm wrestling contest or something. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. Joe Zwillerberg's been with us. Appreciate coming on the show today, and thanks, you all. thanks to everyone for joining us again here on the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Saturday night.